Hello, everyone, and welcome. It is a Tuesday edition of Slow Your Roll. It is Tuesday, September 27th, 2020. I am Jesse Caulfield, right for the Yaku Airport. That is other host of this show, Dominic Lorenzano, local broadcaster. And this is Brian Salem, frequent guest, mm-hmm. football fanatic. <laughs> uh, and he's here to talk football again with us. Week three. Have you done all three weeks so far? Uh, yeah, I yes. think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Week three with us like, once again. But we have a, a pretty packed show today. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're obviously going to talk Patriots. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go all west for the AFC. Mostly AFC all day. Other than we're going to talk a little Arizona Cardinals and, you know, the weekly Tommy. And we might be throwing a, a loop in here, too, because there's a, there's a lot of hoobla in Dallas about the quarterback position now. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. A, late, a late edition. But we're also going to... I think people need to slow their roll a little bit on it. Oh, like, there's one. You, you chill the hell out, but... It's been a while since anyone's <laughs> dropped one of those. I know, right? Cooper Rush is, is uh, 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 by far... Uh, 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 <laughs> a starting the, quarterback. <laughs> the, uh, the best thrower of the football in the league today, in my uh, 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 humble opinion. <laughs> Yes, yes. With Jerry. Jerry Jones, we have Jerry Jones in the building as well. Um, <laughs> That's right. And also, we're gonna we're gonna try to rank mm-hmm. who we think is the best teams. Which actually, I had a very hard time with. Oh, it's it's tough right now, isn't it? This is this is one of the more wild week first couple weeks, first three weeks of the NFL season that I can remember. You know, I thought this week was kind of not wild, even though some teams got upset because I thought their upsets made sense. Like, I in, guess. Indy came into that game desperate. Desperation's a real thing in the NFL. The Chiefs yeah. the Chiefs have won back-to-back games looking pretty at 2-0, and and the rest of the division looking like a mess. Like, I thought most of the upsets at least made sense uh, on uh, Sunday. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I guess, I guess. But still, a lot of big games, a lot of... I mean, everyone's in it, except yeah. the Raiders, so... <laughs> but anyway... Yeah. Uh, we'll get right into it. Dom, I'm going to pass it off to you to start the show. All right, thank you very much. I talked about this at the end of the season last year, and nothing has changed as far as what I think now. The Chargers should have fired Brandon Staley. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars, yes, they are significantly better this year for anyone who's a football nerd coming into the season. But this is still a team that was the worst team in football for like 24 months. And they go in and they beat the Chargers 38-10. to Curb stomped the Chargers. And while getting curb stomped, you have Joey Bosa, who already is getting injured, having to exit the game. Rashawn Slater, your all-pro tackle, gets injured, has to leave the game. Justin Herbert is playing with torn cartilage in three of his ribs. And you are late in the game. You are getting killed. There's no way you're coming back in this game. And he's still out there playing. What are we doing, Staley? What the hell are we doing? Justin Herbert is your franchise, one of the best quarterbacks in the league today, your only hope. Why is he still out there late in a game where you are getting curb stomped with three torn cartilages in his ribs? Absolutely stupid, stupid decision making. And part of this has to do with Dean Spanos because Dean Spanos loves anything cheap. Brandon Staley ain't making that much money, so that's one of the reasons he's here. But let's let's look at the rest of Staley's resume because you could say, Dominic, it's one game. It's the NFL. It happens. Da, 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 da. Okay. So last year, he got top, top play in the NFL from a quarterback. I mentioned this last time I did this rant. He's the only coach who got top 
five quarterback play. Justin Herbert is in the top five of every single meaningful quarterback statistic at the end of last year. He is the only one to not make the playoffs. In fact, he's the only one who didn't win a division with that. And he didn't even make the playoffs. Losing to a Raiders team with multiple fiascos and an interim head coach. Lost. Let's the, the, the in-game decision-making is baffling. Let's keep Herbert out there despite the fact we're getting killed. Let's go for it on a fourth and one at our own 17 against the Oakland Raiders, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. If we don't get it, we're basically guaranteeing them points. And if we do get it, we still have to drive 80 yards. Stupid. Well-documented. We all know about that. Let's talk about this, though. He's a defensive coach. At least take care of your side of the ball. How'd they rank last year? Third worst in rushing yards allowed, third worst in points per game allowed, and the worst statistical defense in allowing third down conversions. 50% of the time, teams were able to convert third downs against them last season. Now the Jags game, 413 total yards of offense allowed, 151s on the uh, yards rushing, 5.5 yards of play, and the Jags were 8 of 15 on third down. This is a team that didn't beat Washington as much as I think they're improved, and a team with a second-year quarterback, a new offensive system, and as I said, was the worst team in football for 24 straight months. (laughs) 50% third-down conversions again, 5.5 yards of play and 151 rushing yards. And it's not like you can say it got better. No, the defense got worse and worse as the season went on last year. Are they statistically a little bit better defensively this year? So far for three games, yes. But you added J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. I hope that you're at least a little bit better. Brandon Staley, I I will say this again, was handed the keys to a Lamborghini and he crashed it. And he continues to crash it over and over again. This is a top five roster in the NFL with a top five quarterback and adding a shutdown corner and J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. Here's the other issue, too. As I said, can't even take care of his side of the ball. And here's the problem with defensive coaches now with uh, when in an offensive league. Against the Chiefs, Justin Herbert's your quarterback. You only have two pass attempts above 15 yards all day. Oh, by the way, Justin was two of two for 74 yards on those. Uh, 15 passes behind the line of scrimmage. This is before Herbert really got hurt. Herbert got hurt, hurt late in the Chiefs game. And you're facing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. What are you doing? You have a, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL with a strong arm. Air it out. Let's go. You're facing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. 15, yard, 15 passes behind the line of scrimmage. The offense is not clever. It's predictable. You don't see a lot of motion. You don't see a lot of disguising. I watch the Chargers. I never think, oh, man, that's well coached. Oh, that's well schemed. I think, oh, Justin Herbert's talented. That's all you ever think. I know they were without Keenan Allen that game, but Jordan Palmer is fine. Guyton is fine, and Mike Williams is a 1B on most teams, too. There's talent on the perimeter. Austin Eckler, plenty of talent there. Keenan Allen is not an excuse. Two passes above 15 yards. This is the problem with defensive coaches in this day and age. And Staley can't even get the defense right. So Brandon Staley should have been fired after last year. There's nothing there's nothing you can tell me that doesn't that that was going to tell me at this point that Brandon Staley is not a hack. Brandon Staley is not a fraud. He's absolutely terrible given the keys to a Lamborghini and he is crashing it. It's ridiculous. Okay. Okay. That was, that was very passionate. Yeah. That was an all-timer. I yeah, listen, I, I I had it today. I was like I he looks just as bad as he did last year. Wow. 
my hair is standing. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna. I, I think kind of think he looks worse than last year. And in some ways, he does. <laughs> yeah, and I know a little bit. You know, because you added J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. Sure. And the rest yeah. of your division ain't looking that great either. Yeah, but like, but it's. I feel like just the offense is looks so. I don't know. Boring. Yeah. Mundane. It's exactly what it is. You average. don't see a lot of pre-snap motion. There's nothing clever about it. It's not surprising. It's very conservative. Yeah. And you know, and if if uh, your quarterback was Andy Dalton, maybe I'd get it. Maybe if it was Tua his first year, maybe I get it. Hmm. But you have someone with a rocket arm and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I feel like Justin Herbert is still running the same offense now in the NFL that he was running at Oregon. Conservative <laughs> as all hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I want to be, I guess, a little bit of play devil's advocate here. How much do you think, at least in the last game, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't have a Keenan Allen? Like, I like Mike Williams, but, like, he can be really inconsistent. Yeah. And now your quarterback is, I don't know, playing at, 65 percent which is still better than a lot of the quarterbacks in the league but okay like but but why is that an excuse for your defense getting worked by doug peterson well here's the thing i don't like i like jc jackson but he's also a guy that can be very inconsistent he can he's, he's been lit up for a couple games okay. uh, before so that's true he's not the, he's not quite a shutdown guy as people like to believe mm-hmm. and cleo max older mm-hmm. so like we thought the defense should get better mm-hmm. and it should but like I don't think it's worlds better than it used to be. I kind of think the Chiefs worked their defense a lot better in the offseason than uh, the Chargers did. They might have. They might have. But at the end of the day, you can lose to Jacksonville. That's fine. But why is Justin Herbert still in the game? in the league. Why is Justin Herbert still in the game when you're getting curb stomped and he has torn cartilage in three of his ribs? What what are we doing here? Because Justin Herbert's got that dog in him. That's that's fine, but that's pretty stupid to leave your franchise yes, out there. Yes, sure. Yeah. With, like, it's just the decision. Like, does the game move too fast for him? Like, Probably. I don't no, know. it seems that way. Yeah. Well, and he, it probably does, because in overtime against the Raiders, like, we're both about to make the playoffs, and he's like, oh, what's going on? Time out. <laughs> so he probably does. He probably just. So he's over his head. Yeah, probably. He, he's over his skis. He's probably just a good talker. I don't know what it is. I mean, he's got to talk his way into these situations. I think he just accepted less money than an NFL coach usually. Maybe. You know, Deed Spanos is all about that. Maybe that that was the deciding factor. All right, Brian, I know you got some stuff here to to talk about with with Brandon Staley as well. Uh, To your point a few minutes ago, and I sort of mentioned this real quick, like, I am really starting to wonder if it's a, like a thing with defensive coaches. <clears throat> like I was wondering it just with Bill mm-hmm. the last couple of years, like with the way he sort of just booted the greatest quarterback ever out the door. Mm-hmm. And like he seems to have this complex about him, like quarterback doesn't matter, offense is sort of just meh. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's all about the system. Mm-hmm. But like Jesus Christ, Staley. Yeah. Like, n- now he's starting to prove maybe I'm wrong. It's not just Bill. It's a defensive coach thing. I think it's a defensive coach thing in general. And like I said, at least be able to take care of your side of the ball, though. But he hasn't been able to do that. Well, I mean, the trend has been defensive coaches. It's just that the, I feel like Bill has been able to... I know we don't really like what's going on right now, but he's been able to survive and be better than them because yeah. he's just he's just... 
just knows the NFL that much. Yeah. But I think the NFL has evolved in such a way to this point and now, he had Josh McDaniels. where it's like the only reason that defensive coaches were still sort of like, I don't want to say looked upon differently, but maybe valued more than an offensive-minded head coach because Bill's the most famous defensive head coach in the last no, how that's many definitely, decades. I mean, the Patriots and he won were, six titles in 20 years, so you're like, yeah. oh, defensive coach. Oh, no, yeah, they the, can still get it done. The Patriots were the trendsetters for but 20 like, years. The last four, five, six, seven years, it's all young, upstart, you know, progressive, offensive-minded guys. Mm. Well, yeah, that now be, it's Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan are the trendsetters, yes. for better or worse. And, and let me give another thing. Specifically, it's the lack of offensive imaginativity. And then also another trend I'm seeing is defensive coaches having a hard time uh, creating running games. Uh, As good as Sean McDermott is, actually, Buffalo has continued for the now five or six years a lack of ability to develop any sort of running game. Mike Tomlin now is having difficulty developing any sort of running game. And Staley and the Chargers are getting worse at rushing the football. Do you know their average per rush? Uh, what is it, 1.3? It's 2.6. That's uh, still pretty bad. Does this? Well, Eckler has only gotten two and a half yards of carry. I know. And he's supposed to be dynamic. I know. And he still and he still does things in the passing game. But this is what I mean. A lack of ability to develop a running game at all. Does this coincide with what we talked about last week about offensive lines at all? Um, It does, but I feel like from an offensive line standpoint, you, I mean, offensive guys, if you ask them, would you rather run block or pass block? They would always rather run block. So I feel like you should be able to get that going sooner rather than later. And by the way, this is a trend now for multiple years. It's not just the beginning of this year. Buffalo, as I've said now, for five, four, five years, can't develop a running game. Mike Tomlin has been having problems developing a running game post Le'Veon Bell. And now I'm seeing it, the Chargers this year, getting worse and worse at rushing the football. I mean, I feel like, Rushing the football, everyone's having a hard time with it right now. No one's really. I mean, the Browns maybe like the I one. Mean, the Browns are still fine. The Niners, and Saquon the Niners, and the McVeigh system most of the time are fine. Minnesota's rushing the ball just fine. Green Bay's running the ball just fine. Are they? Green Bay's having problems throwing the football because they don't have anyone to throw to all that much. But I mean, maybe it's just because there's just a lot of committees right now. Yeah, I think that's more what it is. Okay. Yeah. So. Any, any other thoughts here? Now, I'm not, I don't know what you do if you're the Chargers. Like, how bad does it have to get before you fire Staley during the season? But I'll tell you, a lot of people, this was a trendy pick to win the AFC West. And if you looked at their roster, I would tell you they were probably the best roster in that division. I simply just didn't pick them because I said I hate Brandon Staley as a coach. I have him finishing last because I hate Staley. How long can you let this go on like I get you don't want to fire a coach after one season I was you know very crazy for that not crazy because I think I'm right and it's showing me this year that I was right but I get that that is a that is an out there move to fire a dude after one season but how long does this go on this year before you start going all right we got to we if they're in last place still by week nine they're not in last place though I mean, but if they are in last place by week nine. Okay. Or if they have a losing record still in week nine, and the only reason they're not in the last is because the Raiders are a tire fire. Oh, the problem with that is, like, that's the thing, though. Even if you're floating 500 a little below it, 
like the way the league is looking right now, like there's yeah. only two three and O teams, there's only one O and three team. Like mm-hmm. teams are just beating each other. Like you, you might not fall away, and that could save his job for maybe longer than he should. Yeah, probably. I'm just. I, how bad does it have to be before before we want to pull the trigger here? But I, Sta- I mean, Staley looks just awful. The problem is like. The play on the field just doesn't. I mean, the, the defense looks pretty bad. Yeah. But like, the offense just looks boring. And now there's yeah. a built-in excuse of, oh, our quarterback's not at a hundred percent. So. Yeah. So I I kind of think. So don't leave him out there in the fourth quarter when you're getting curb stomped. He's kind of like where Mike McCarthy is. He's just kind of getting saved. I was by just situations. Say that. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Yeah. No, I I, I get you, but uh, man, Brandon Staley. They missed the boat on this. They should have fired him after last year. And this would be a great job for anyone to walk into. Sure. Like, a top job in the NFL that would ever be open. Mm. Unless you're Josh McDaniels. <laughs> so if you're a Spanos and you're actually going to open your wallet up for a good coach, who would you like to... I mean, I got to see what the <clears throat> what the crop of uh, coaches who will be on the market. Honestly, at this point, if you fire Staley during the year, you, you're turning it over to an interim guy. And turning you, over to someone who's in house. And do you make it a point to look for an offensive? Oh yes, hundred percent. You lean offensive on what you're looking for next. My big thing too, why I would have fired Staley at the end of last year is because I thought it was a great year for offensive candidates, and you could have gotten Brian Dable in here. You're going to tell me that if the Charger job wasn't open, that if the Charger job was open, Brian Dable was going to pick the Giants over the Chargers? I don't buy that for a second. As long as Spanos was was willing to pay, sure, yeah, and you know, I mean, we don't know exactly why. We always wondered why he picked New York. Yeah, so it could have been if it was really personal, maybe not. But. Okay, but even then, you could have had Kevin O'Connell. Sure, but well, I, he, I would they t- didn't want to, and we're not even about firing after one year. I know, I'm not. I've never, I'm not that guy. The only other time I ever called for firing someone after one year was the Arizona coach that they did fire. And then brought in Cliff Kingsbury instead. Well, didn't you say Sala probably should have been fired after one year? No, I said I don't think it's going to work, but I don't think he should be fired after one year. You can't do that because of who the Jets are as an organization, right? So the difference <laughs> here is, is like the Charger job is so attractive and they at least do give coaches time that you're not toxic for people looking for a job. The problem with like Cleveland for the most part before Stefanski and the Jets and all these other teams is what you're saying is you're not going to get much of a chance here. So basically the messages that you're giving the league is don't take the job. You know what I mean? So that's why the jets can't fire us all after one year. Even if you think it's a disaster, like you have to, you have to send a message to the league that you're not that incompetent. You will give coaches the proper time. You're not just going to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So as bad as it was with Sala, the Jets couldn't fire him. They could have gone 0-16, and then at the end of the day, I would have said, you got to keep him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know. The Jets aren't usually all that smart about it. No, they're not. But sure. But no, sure. No, okay. No. I see I see what you're saying. Okay. But um, actually, we talk, is, you know, with Herbert being injured, mm-hmm. now, like, looking at other, like, quarterbacks, Mac Jones is injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gave a stat last week about Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Getting like having like on pace being a record sack getter on pace for a hundred eleven and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game last night, uh, Daniel Jones mm-hmm. was on pace to like like the most uh, twenty four times he got pressured. Yep. Yeah. 
this whole thing with that offensive line, mm-hmm. like you talked about, I, I don't oh, it know. It is a problem. When I, I don't know when it was, but you talked about how like the league was trying to, we need to protect our quarterbacks more. We just need to. They're, they're the big money makers. Like you think, like you said, like Jerry Jones said that. Um, I think it was the Goodell discussion. Yes. And maybe this was part of that idea. If we protect the offensive linemen in camp and let them be healthy for the season, it'll protect the quarterbacks. That seems to have gone so wrong. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. The unintended consequences of that is that the O-lines are not ready to play. And they are not across the league. Like, I've said this before. If, you're, if your team is having trouble in pass protection and you think your O-line looks terrible, it's not time to panic yet. You can panic by about week six. But the entire league is just having problems right now with the O-line. Because they don't practice enough. And they don't practice in pads and they don't hit. Yeah, and, and the quarterbacks are taking a beating because of it. And oh, now, yeah. now the Chargers, I mean, the Patriots weren't, we didn't think they were going to do much, but the Patriots are now in real, real, real trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what happens to Burrow if this keeps up. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, this is this is kind of a dangerous situation for these quarterbacks. Oh, 100%. And now, now we, we're losing Herbert. Maybe. And Dak, Dak's already got hurt. Dak? So, no, uh, yeah, no, it is. It is a very dangerous situation. And uh, develop a run game. Because that's what you got to do right <laughs> well, now. That, that's, that's why Kirk Cousins is okay still. Well, I get that's a big part of that is getting I, the offensive line in sync. I know our buddy Nick's not happy with Dalvin Cook because he hasn't gotten the end zone, but he's still getting about 18 carries a day and getting three and a half, four yards a carry. So, well, like the Chargers have a total of 177 yards on the ground through three games. Like <laughs> as bad as that looks on the staff and Staley and that, like. A little bit has to be the offensive lines, just yeah. No, I, 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 I that's that's why I brought up like I feel like rushing is and like you're right, like and, you know some some teams are ahead of others and some teams just their rushing games are still kind of dynamic based mm-hmm. on what the backfield is, but um yeah. No, I get you, but Staley should be out soon. All right, we can move on. <laughs> rapid Jesse, fire news. take it away with rapid fire news. All right, ref, this one's gonna be all over the place. A lot, a lot happened. Yeah. So I'm gonna start. We're gonna start baseball. Uh, and we're going to start bad. The Red Sox, since we were last here, went one in six. Uh, that one win was against the Reds. And then, actually, I was there for that loss against the Reds. Uh, Cincinnati, we love you. Uh, and then they got swept four games by the Yankees. And they lost last night to the Orioles. And in that time, they were officially eliminated from playoff contention. So, By the way, I... I It'll be hard to look this up. Do you think like the Red Sox could have the worst record of any team in like the modern era against their own division? Like there have been worse teams. Oh, I'm sure there's definitely a way to look. Like there, like listen, there's been worse teams. This Red Sox team's not going to lose a hundred something games. But I've never seen, yeah, just it work out like, yeah. like, how, like do they even have double digit wins against? If you took all their games against their division opponents, like would they even? No, you don't have enough time to look it up, bro. No, but I'll look up the current like win loss to the okay because that's just but like on the MLB they app. never even win a game. It seems like against the yeah, it's crazy this year. Uh, and some of it is a fluke because that's the way numbers just kind of work sometimes in baseball. It's just it's wild. All right, we'll look it up later. Yeah, but yeah, no, this is this is wild. I think I, they only really won two series. Yeah, and one of those series was a one game. Yeah, makeups series yeah so i don't think i've ever seen anything quite like no. this <laughs> no it's it's it's, it's mine it is mind-boggling yeah but anyway more baseball news mm-hmm. uh albert pujols has officially become the fourth member of the 700 club 
uh, and the third to do it legitimately, and the first to do it legitimately since Hank Aaron did it in 1972. <laughs> um, but uh, I was shocked that this happened. Mm-hmm. Kind of went off in the second half. I have my conspiracies about it, but good for Albert Pujols. Uh-huh. The fan that got the ball still got it. He wouldn't give it up. Really? Yes. Uh, I heard that I I think it was like someone asked him after the game if he cared about having the ball back, and he was like, "Nope, souvenir." No, yeah, the fans. He, he didn't. Yeah, that's what he said. Mm. So he said he he said the guy can keep it and didn't make a big deal out of it. Oh, nice. But the actually the MLB did they they. They they did say this. They gave special balls for when he was on. Like once he hit the six ninety nine, they put special balls in play so it could be identified. Like oh, okay. It's got marks on the ball. Mm. But uh, all right, that has been baseball news. Let's go to hockey. Bruins preseason officially started. Yes. Uh, they lost on Saturday two to one to the Flyers, and now they play the home op- uh, preseason opener tonight uh, at the, uh, versus the Rangers. Mm. And uh, more Bruins news. Uh, you said it after the show. That's why I want to give you some credit for getting this technically right. You said that Chara might come back. He did for one day. He signed a contract for one day. So, Brian, I want to give you at least partial credit for being correct on that. And he officially retired a Bruin. And Cam Neely said after that he will be the last to wear number 33. So they're going to retire his number. I'm not sure when. They haven't announced that yet. But on the same day, former uh, Canadian P.K. Subban retired and... uh, NHL Ironman record holder Keith Yandel retired all on the same day. Mm. So all those three uh, legends, if you want to call them that, are gone. Mm. But all right, uh, and final bit of hockey news, Nathan McKinnon signed a record-breaking deal this week. He is officially the highest paid on average player in the league. He's making $12.6 million over the next eight years. So congrats to him, and uh, that sucks for Colorado's dynasty. It's officially over. Mm. And then to NFL news, uh, they announced they're replacing the Pro Bowl. I saw that. They're officially replacing the Pro Bowl. We've kind of said this for years. It'll now just become a kind of a week-long skills competition and then a flag football match, which is kind of what it was last year in pads because it was two-hand touch. Mm. And then uh, Miles Garrett was involved. I don't know if you guys saw this. He was involved in a car crash. I don't have many details on it. Wet road. He tried to avoid an animal, I read. Okay. We'll see if that's actually true. You know what? I would, for, if it was like Jadavian Clowney, <laughs> I'd be like, no way, dude. You were 10 sheets to the wind. For some reason, even though like I watched Miles Garrett try to kill someone <laughs> once. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think he's a I, bad man. I, I buy it from I, It's him. just like. I buy it from him. I don't know. I feel like maybe like you were texting he was probably or something. In a, nah, I bet he was just in a nice expensive car and going really fast and then had to avoid said animal. And, but sure, it's like, sure. hey, you know, if you weren't flying. The, it, there's something probably at least being left out, maybe exaggerated. I don't know. But uh, he was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, I don't know exactly his status for Sunday right now. But he's he'll, he'll be back this season. That's what I've heard. Hmm. And with that, we'll take it into the Patriots talk. And, I mean, to be honest, that was the best offensive performance we've put up so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still, it just kind of left you sitting there being like, ugh. You know, we put up points against the Ravens, but, you know, we lost Mac Jones. I know Devontae Parker finally showed up. Mm-hmm. Five catches, 156 yards. That's an average of 30 yards a catch. Somehow didn't score a touchdown with those stat, with that stat line, but 
Well, he would have when Mac threw that third pick if he'd have realized yeah. Baltimore was in well, cover the thing. four. That's also the third straight game where Mac threw a pick trying to get the ball to and Devontae Parker. Parker sort of let the defensive back run that route for him. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I also was sitting there being like, Mac, why did you even? I know. Oh, as soon as he let that one go, I was like, hey, that, there yeah. it is. Yep. There it is. You just throws up another floater. Yep. Yeah, that's my issue with Mac right now. I feel like he's kind of making the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, and I feel like he would maybe learn something or two if he had real offensive coaches. If Josh McDaniels was still here. Oh, and yeah. is it like uh, every time, like you know, every time out he goes to the sidelines. Like it used to be Tom would go to Bill and Tom would go to Josh. And that's kind of it. They quickly talk and go back, just get on the same page real quick and go back. Now it's Mac goes to uh Goes over to talk to Bill. Brian Hoy is there. Here comes Matt Patricia. Joe Judge is in there too. There's just way too many people. Like, yeah, it's just too many cooks in the kitchen. I was actually just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that wasn't even my. I saw that on Twitter. Like, because like, it's just, what are you all talking about? Yeah. Like, you got like 30 seconds to really get get on get all on the same page here, and like you got almost like nine people in a huddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two of which have no idea how to run an offense. Mm-hmm. So, although the yardage, the moving the ball, and you put up more points, you may you, you reach the twenty point plateau, yip yip kaye. But like, but you did it against a brutally awful secondary that's completely beat up in Baltimore. Yes. Yeah. And like, I think anyone with a brain probably thought that they were going to put up some points yesterday because that Ravens secondary is garbage right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like that now that Max out and he's his mentality. Do you, do you think he wants to be out? Probably. I think he kind of does. That's the vibe I, I got. I was from like the quote. That's probably the best thing for him right now. But like, I mean, I think he's just frustrated and oh, he's definitely and overwhelmed. And I'm not saying it's completely his fault. But yeah, no, I kind of got that vibe a little bit too from it. Well, every time, like, every time he went to the bench, especially after the the pick, he's just screaming, he's mm-hmm. dropping f bombs, kind of like he's Tom Brady. But like, Tom Brady would be frustrated. The receiver ran the wrong route, or like, you know, they were just weren't on the same page. Very rarely, or he's kind of mad at himself. You know, every time that happened, we go, oh, next drive we'll get him. Mm-hmm. Now it's just it's every time Max going to the bench, and he now he doesn't have. Josh McDaniel sitting there with him being like, let's talk this over. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we wanted improvement from year to year. And there is some. He looks he looks better. He looks more physically fit. Mm-hmm. But like you're like, how is this not going to set him back like oh, three years? Oh, like, so when like, should he just sit out for a while? Is that really the best thing? Because now he can't go backwards. I don't know. I honestly, if you told me the only thing that I'm worried about is just like, his mentality for like why he wants to sit out and all that, but like, oh, yeah, sure. but if he's out six to eight weeks, do I think it's the worst thing in the world? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think this team was going anywhere anyway. Like he was going to get more beat up, and I think in general he looks kind of overwhelmed. Well, I think to Jesse's point about there being too many cooks in the kitchen, like that's why I think it's probably good that he gets away for a little while. He can like sort of clear his head of all that noise. Mm. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. You should just call Josh this for the six weeks. Yeah. 
Just tell him. It's like, listen, and listen, here's the thing, it's Josh. Not working, it's not working for you in Vegas anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. Josh, Josh will probably be happy to talk to him. <laughs> I think he needs to just go straight to Robert and be like, "Look, you gotta buy Josh out and bring him back." <laughs> like he was unequivocally the sweetest offensive coordinator we've ever had. Or, or tell him like, Robert, please tell Bill that you'll sign a blank check yeah. for whoever we want to run the offense. But just, like, just get rid of those two knuckleheads. Yeah. <laughs> which, and, which he'll never do. I know. But like... I mean, he might after the season if it's this bad. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't... And I, I talked to Brian about this. Are they even significantly that much worse with Brian Hoyer? No, he knows the offense. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I know he's even more limited, but, like, I don't think he's going to make the same dumb decisions. As no, that. it'll just be a bunch of three and outs because they'll never move the ball, but they'll never turn it over. <laughs> yeah. So, because it'll just be, it'll be two runs for two to three yards each, and then... A penalty because Hoyer forgets he has no timeouts, like, <laughs> with 15 seconds left in the half. I do remember that one, but, hey, he won't be just chucking balls up for floaters in the corner of an end zone when there's two safeties right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will still say that that one, that last pick, that's on Parker. I don't think it's uh, on Parker. Parker could have done better, but like, Mac, you're still, that's like the third time you've made that same mistake. I understand that, but like, if you, from an offensive perspective, right, if you have, if, if the defense is in cover four, right? Yeah. You know. And as the receiver, you should know, I'm running a deep post to the end zone here. Mm -hmm. The soft spot is to the safety's right, my left, Mm -hmm. and behind the cornerback. Mm -hmm. He let the defensive back beat him to where he was supposed to be. That's on the receiver. Yeah. Like you could you could even see Jones screaming at him on the sideline, cover four, cover four. Yeah. So like Max second year, he knows that the receiver needs to know, the veteran wide receiver needs to know that that's where you gotta be, not you know, four or five yards diagonally away from that soft spot. Mm-hmm. I get you. But you also don't want to give away the route and maybe the safety just, just beat him to the spot. Oh, he, just he, instincts. Just about that. I you I agree with all of that that and I, I definitely we've said this for like three weeks straight now. Like, yeah. And, you know, I know he put up 156 yards, but, like, the effort from this man is just kind of not there from Devontae Parker. But why I think it's a little bit on Mac Jones is because he, he's got he's to calm himself if he sees the heat coming. He keeps panicking, and he's trusting Devontae Parker way too much. He's trusting what he saw Devontae Parker do in Miami against the Patriots way too much. I just think he sometimes he just thinks he's back at Alabama and he's got Jerry Judy and Jamison Williams I mean, and Waddle. And, so, I mean, maybe, yeah, but... I got another thought as it pertains to him, mm-hmm. right? Devontae Parker. Like, no Jacoby Myers in that game. Yeah. And Kendrick Bourne saw the most snaps he's seen in a game all season. Still not nearly enough. Right, it's not nearly enough, but all of a sudden... And granted, Baltimore's defense does not look good right now by any means. Like, why is it when Mac Jones's favorite target is out, but his second favorite target is in, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Devontae Parker has a coming out party? Like, now how do you 
sort of manage trying to spread the ball around when if Jones is like ever a hundred percent healthy this season when you're gonna have Parker Aguilar Myers and Parker all out there mm-hmm. yeah like, you see what I'm saying like schematically yeah like it seems like maybe it hasn't worked you know with that personnel that specific personnel grouping okay all of a sudden now that it's changed Parker looks good but when one of the quarterback's favorite targets comes back does yeah. that screw things up on one half of the field now as I mean, far as your passing attack goes it might it could but I mean I think like why Devonte Parker finally had his coming out party is you know week three you got to at this point no excuses you got to know the offense and maybe maybe it took him three weeks to get it because he seems to be behind everybody and you know that Raven secondary I think that I think that had a lot to do with it mm-hmm. um and you know maybe Kendrick Bourne being on the field uh yeah that it's just that personnel grouping was just a better fit because and then it, with I also but like with the whole Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne thing though like Jacoby Myers is out mm-hmm. it's week three now like what could this man have really done mm-hmm. that you're see if he did something this bad he should not even be on the team right you should just kick him off the team if he did something that bad why bet, is he still being punished I bet you he, mean it? I bet he either mouthed off to either Patricia or judge and I'm gonna tell you why he probably they Bills, probably deserved it yeah 100 percent. I bet they deserved it well right but how stubborn and like no just, I know how much of a stuck-up, egotistical prick? He's probably the most stubborn man on earth Bill, right now. Right? He views those guys pretty much as an extension of himself. So if you bark at them, you're barking at Bill. Yeah, probably. I'm, yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure Bill feels that way. So and, and Bill's now, definitely not that like. Now Bill probably thinks, yeah, I want to see you eat, mm-hmm. just not at this table. Mm-hmm. Mm. I hear ya. I hear ya. Well, here's the thing. All right, at that point. Someone will take Kendrick Bourne. Get value out of him then. Yeah. If you if you don't want him here and you want to play him here and you're not willing to just cut him because it can't be that bad, because just trade him. Someone will take a Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. He said career. He said career numbers and everything last year. Mm-hmm. He's, he's. I'm sure if someone will play, find him, uh, pretty attractive for their system. I'm sure. I'm sure. But he is. He is a little bit. <clears throat> I don't know if it's if it's just he's in the doghouse. I feel like. He is talented. He is good. But he's he's a little bit like he's not Tyreek Hill speed, but he's also not a guy who's going to go up and get jump balls. I feel like he's a guy you have to know how to use in an offense. And, I mean, it's Patricia and Judge running the offense. So they don't, the they, don't, they don't know how to use certain pieces in an offense. Oh, uh, You know what? You're pro- that's probably it. Because I, I was going to say, like, what do you mean? Like, Devontae Parker's here now. He should be able to take a guy, use him in a certain way, and now – Kendrick Bourne will just be whatever. But you're right. Yeah. yeah. But the, like the Jacoby Myers and the Devontae Parkers are obvious on how you use them. Guys like Bourne are not as obvious. And normal offensive coaches would figure it out, but they're not actually offensive coaches. So I wonder if they just don't really know how to use Kendrick Bourne. That's probably it. I think that's a lot of it. Uh, and, you know, it's, that's probably why he mouthed off. Probably. He's like, bro, why? Like, what are you doing with me? This all, it's funny. We talk about this after every game, and things are a little bit different, and there's a little bit of talking points, but we all know what it all comes down to. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are running the offense. 
Why are Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running an offense? Why are a defensive and a special teams coach running on offense? I have no idea, and nobody knows, and I think Mac is overwhelmed. Yeah, but Joe Judge was a quarterback in college. Oh, wow. He could throw it over them mountains. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. All right. That is it, then. We're going to move on, guys. It's going to be our first quick break, and then we're going to get into revisiting the best division in football. Let's see how that's going so far, the AFC West. We'll go over that. Jags. I said it on last show. I, I, I even put $150 down on my own money. The win in the AFC South. We're going to talk about that and some other stuff coming up. Stick with us, guys. Here at Slow Your Roll, let's talk about the vaunted AFC West. We weren't the only ones. Almost every football pundit, every expert thought this was like, oh my gosh, the best quarterback division of all time. This is going to be a buzzsaw. Best best single division in the history of football. You know what it is today? The worst coach division (laughs) in football because we look like we have Andy Reid and three incompetent head coaches at this point. What was that line that... Uh, Brad Pitt said in Moneyball, "What there's there's big market teams, oh. there's small market teams, there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's the AFC West." Yeah, right now, at least in the coaching realm, listen, they still all they still have all the talent in the world, and they'll win some games. But oh my gosh, <laughs> I think all three have guys who are head coaches who shouldn't be head coaches. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Because this is still a largely a coaching sport. It is, it's about, it used to be, you know, way more. Now it's, you could probably make the argument it's about 55% quarterback, 60% quarterback, rest head coach. But that other 45% still matters. And when you have Andy Reid and incompetent everywhere else after that, I mean, the Chiefs could run away with this thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> they would have some thoughts here. Well, I mean, did you hear that uh, Hackett hired a guy? Yes, I saw to that. Specifically, just give him advice about game day situation of football. I saw that. It's like, oh my god! Like how? It's you know what? But maybe it's gonna get three. better. Maybe it's gonna get better now, though. Oh my god! You put I know, up you eleven. Have to hire someone. You but put up eleven points with Russell Wilson. Like, you know what? I I'll defend them at least on the sense of that. Like the Niners is one of the best defenses in the league. I don't care. I know. Nine points. Garoppolo gave them two. <laughs> yes, yes. Garoppolo ran yes. out the back of the end zone. Ode to Dan Orlovsky. And I actually have a legitimate question about another coach in that division. Like, after falling on his face for what looks like the second time as a head coach, like, if and when Bill ever fires the two dildos running the offense oh, now, I've do said we it. get this Nick is, Daniels at a no, discount? This, is, this was the scheme the whole time. This was literally the plan. Just go out, ruin Vegas, and then come back home, baby. <laughs> uh 
That's why. That's why uh, Bill didn't hire anyone real because he knows McDaniel's yep. is going to yep. be back in a year. Yep. He's just he. He just thought in his head. Keeping this smart warm. guy. Never going to be a head coach. He, he went and sat Mac down. He's like Mac. This year is going to suck. I want you to be pissed off the whole time. Just be <laughs> upset. Just work the part. It's yeah. going to be a disaster for you, but it's okay. Josh will be back next year. Yes. <laughs> but what now? He killed him. He, he ruined his foot. Uh, who has the best chance of getting out of this doldrum? Uh, the Chargers. I don't think they do. If 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 <laughs> Herbert, I still think it's Denver, and here's why. <sighs> here's why. Let me let me explain to you why. Because week one, Russell Wilson was trying to be the good soldier, and didn't take command of things. The end of the game in week two, and the end of the game yesterday or Sunday. He was starting to take the wheel a little bit more. And he will continue to do that if Hackett can't do it. So I actually think Denver has still has a better chance of getting out of this than the other two. Because I think Russell will, will as, as a headline in Denver said, will take the wheel of the clown car away from Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. I, I, I mean, maybe I hope he does. But, like, I don't know. Because, like, I also heard – I've heard – a room with that even Russell Wilson's not the most popular guy in that locker room mm. like he came in with like wearing tuxedos to week one well, like we they're, they're a little they're a little annoyed about his like mm. kind of like coming in acting like a superstar well, we talked about this after week one I mm. think he's sort of turned into a dick yeah he's like very Hollywood now a little yeah, bit and I'm sure a lot yeah lost probably the, his wife but like uh, I've heard that like they're they're a little annoyed with him mm. on that sideline about yeah. just like how kind of arrogant he is. And it's like, oh, this isn't the Russell Wilson I thought you were. Mm. Um, now, like you know, if he can nut up and like take control of the clown car, mm-hmm. sure, I'm sure they'll respect him a lot more and be like, all right, and we're maybe- winning games. I will accept your odd choice of clothing. And maybe just getting humbled a little bit in general. We'll, sure, we'll make this a lot better. I just look at it now and I think. I mean, I've always hated Staley, and he ain't he ain't showing me anything else that says I'm wrong. And now we got Justin Herbert with three three torn you know cartilage in his ribs and three of his ribs. So and then the Raiders are zero and three. So do you guys? Do so, you guys? Do you guys know what uh, Jerry Rossberg's job was before Hackett hired him? As no, what was it? He spent eleven seasons uh, as John Harbaugh's special teams coordinator. I mean, that's not terrible. I mean, that's, that's a great special team unit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like at least that Hackett hired someone to do it. I, now, I think uh, it's a problem he needed he's to just, hire someone to do it. He's literally just standing next to him. Kick it. Kick it. Punt. Punt. Go for it. He just looks at him. Nathaniel goes to open his mouth. Listen, Nathaniel, whatever your first instinct is, Stop. it's wrong. <laughs> it's, it's just wrong. Just, just do the opposite. <laughs> I mean, like, that's that's kind of the thing. Like, I I don't think Russell Wilson can. But, but Russell and will, Rosenberg are going to take the wheel of the crown I, of I, the clown card. No, I don't think Russell Wilson can will a man that. But he's got. But he's, he's, but he's got Jerry. And I know you said like. But you, he's got Jerry. He's got the. He's got no, the game. No, no, no. He's They're like, both going to take the wheel of the clown car. Nathaniel Hackett no. can can just do what. Do, by the way, did you too did many you cooks? Too many cooks. No, because Nathaniel's voice doesn't matter. Well, that's the thing. Like, By the way, no, no. Week two, though, did you hear what Chris Collinsworth, what his endorsement was of Nathaniel Hackett from what Aaron Rodgers said? No. He made Aaron laugh, and they played darts together. 
<laughs> so they hired uh-huh. Aaron's uh-huh. drinking buddy to run the team. Now here's a <laughs> guy. Aaron laugh. <laughs> and they played darts together. Not not and nothing about brilliance. Nothing oh, about like scheme. Not, like, oh, they got along real well. I like it. It was singular. He yeah. made Aaron laugh <laughs> one time. <laughs> and they played darts together. But like Good job, Denver. You hired That's, you hired Aaron Rodgers no, drinking, but to run the he, team. I'm I very quickly thinking he is the worst coach in the league right now. Yeah, he might be. Like, and I know you said like, oh, I like how he was humble. Like, I all right, that was a bad decision. We should have yeah. we should have called a timeout fast and maybe gone for it on fourth and five, whatever it was. Yeah. But like, sure, a little bit. I like the humbleness, but like the way he said it sounded like a kid who pushed another kid down <laughs> in the playground and he's just like apologizing in front of the class like oh. i shouldn't have done that like, oh god like he sounded like an idiot i know not that five-year-old kids are idiots they're just five yeah um but like he like i don't know how like there's only so much a talent like russell wilson can do he's got jerry there now though too to take the wheel uh Jerry, take the wheel. <laughs> so that's why, like, I mean, if, I get you, but hey, Denver has two wins. If, if at the end of the day, Denver is two and one, and their their schedule is about to get easy for a good stretch of time. Yeah, but like, if Jimmy G had a had a playbook from week or uh, from the first week of training camp, like, mm-hmm. like you you were they were losing that game. Oh, I agree, hundred percent, one hundred percent. I agree with that. But but you still think to me right now. Despite, if, the, record, if, if despite Chargers, the record, you think the Chargers have the best chance of, of pulling out of this, if they can as get I healthy. said, doldrums. If they can get healthy. Okay. Brian, who do you think has the best chance of, of pulling out of this doldrums? Between the three. Jesus In the clown Christ. coach division of the NFL. <laughs> I want to say probably Denver. Yeah! Probably Denver. As much as Hackett sucks. <laughs> <laughs> He does suck, but like... But they're two and one. But, well, not even that. Like, the other two guys suck too, but I think they suck harder. Yeah. Like, Josh McDaniels, love you, mean it, mm-hmm. McNuggets, but you're not meant to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. No. And, bro, he thinks up schemes and plays. Christ. Brandon, yeah, I know, that's it. Brandon Staley's not even, like, football smart, like... Hey, at least he, he stopped going for he, it on fourth down every he, single time. He probably makes Gronk look like Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's just not. It, it's funny how things can be just so crazy in the NFL and just not go the way you thought. Still a great quarterback division, but like we have all three just clowns yeah, running like, I the don't three even teams. Want, like I, you know, maybe I'm a little biased. I like Josh McDaniels. I don't even call him a clown. It's just like he's just not a head coach. Maybe. Yeah, like it's just like. It, I don't, I don't, because I don't even want to call it a dumpster fire. They're just bad. Mm-hmm. It's just not going well. Nothing's really working. But like, I don't hear like dissent in the ranks. Mm. Like, maybe that's because Derek Carr is the nicest man to ever walk this earth, other than mm. I guess Jesus Christ. But like, yeah. I, it's just I never heard things bad in Vegas. It's just like <laughs> Josh McDaniels doesn't lead men. No, just doesn't do it. Yeah. But Hack is just an idiot. Staley, I know. Staley's He's one, another way one. in over his head. Yeah, they're both just way over their heads, and it just moves too fast for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. What was that psychedelic drug Rogers was taking? Ayahuasca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think Hackett was doing that, too? <laughs> That's the one time he made him laugh. 
<laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, but, I mean, to be honest, like, what does Andy Reid even need to do here? Not much. Nothing. Not much. Nothing. I know. Like, you have it wrapped up week three. And to actually, and I by mean, the I way, their say offense looks just as good. The it's Chiefs? just a little bit different. I know. I said that like two weeks ago. Like I, I'm sure it won't be quite as explosive. But it's just as good. It's just as productive. It's, it's almost. It's almost better. I was because like you're going from Mahomes too. Sure, but you're also you're going to chip away at this defense. How many times in those playoffs last year, the Chiefs were hot right out of the gate, mm-hmm. and then they let the other team come back. That's literally how they lost to the the, the Bengals. The Bengals. Mm-hmm. And like I know, like Mahomes saved the day, and a little bit of bad coaching from McDermott saved the day. Mm-hmm. For the Chiefs in that Bills game, but like Chiefs should have kind of ran away with that game at one point. Yeah. So like now that they might have a, I don't know, a, a slower, <clears throat> more methodical march down the field, and whether than just going to chuck it to Tyreek or Kelsey, and they're going to run forty yards, and then we're gonna two more plays, and we're in the end zone. Yeah. Defenses can keep up at that point. No, I we're, know. we're we're pretty rested because we only been out there for ten plays in the first half. Exactly. Exactly. But. I don't know. I'm going with Denver. You're going with Denver. You're going with the Chargers. The best chance to pull out of this. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Jesse, take it away. All right. Get us started here. In what is one of the most shocking things, we knew the AFC could be a buzzsaw. Mm -hmm. And that might even consume some of the teams we think are good. Mm -hmm. But no one really thought out of this mess might emerge the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm -hmm. And actually, I want to apologize to someone. Doug Peterson, because I said he was a bad coach, and I'm going to stick by some of that. Mm. But I think he's just one of those guys that you can bring in to right the ship for a little bit. Mm. He can come into a messy situation and get people. I, I kind of want to compare him to Dan Campbell, mm. but like much less loud, much mm. less rah-rah. Mm. But that guy that can come into a bad team, fire them up for a little bit, and get them to win some games and have a winning uh, culture for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think it seems to work long for Doug Peterson. I think that's part of the reason why it went so bad in Philly. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that was the personalities. They had some big personalities in guy Carson Wentz. Um, <sighs> yeah. And that, that lineman, I can't remember his name. Lane, uh, Lane Jones? Yeah. Uh, Johnson. Lane, Johnson. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe that was part of the problem. But, like, Doug Peterson seems to have these... This these guys on all the same page, and you know, James Robinson might be the best running back in football right now mm. because he came back. What was it? Nine months ago? Yeah, messed up his Achilles. Like he's the, he's the man right now. Mm-hmm. We we talked about how tr- we were kind of scared for Trevor Lawrence. Like, is this team gonna ruin mm-hmm. maybe the best talent coming out of college since Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning? Mm-hmm. He seems pretty. He seems pretty good. Yeah. He seems really good, actually. Yeah, I think Doug Peterson right away has gotten in there and fixed Trevor Lawrence and everything that went bad last year. The scheme is great. They shredded Brandon Staley and the Chargers. Uh, they got him at least a legitimate weapon in Christian Kirk. Now oh, I think this team is. I think this team is good to go. Now they will have a depth issue as the season goes on, and I'm sure the defense is not completely set yet. But they have a shutout. But Indy looks old. Tennessee looks terrible with Tannehill and completely limited offensively. And the Texans are the Texans. So I mean, 
Right now, I think the Jags are winning the AFC South. We said it last show, and I was kind of serious then, and I'm even more serious now. So, no, I think I we talked about it a little in the break. I, I think they this is kind of almost like this is definitely theirs to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. Like they are clearly the most talented team of all these guys, at least like from what we've seen. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we didn't even like Indy's offense that much in general. It's mm-hmm. kind of built around Taylor and That's Pittman. It. Yeah, but like after that, it's not much of anything. Mm. And now Matt Ryan is going the way of Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I so, know he had a little so bit of a bounce back. As, as I said in the NFL today, it's so much an offensive weapons league, right? Does Jacksonville have the best quarterback in that division right now? I think they do. And do they have yeah. the best weapons of everyone, at least on the perimeter in that league? I mean, in that division of everyone, I think that they do. Now, I think Pittman is better than Kirk. But I think Pittman is all Indy has on the outside. I think Jacksonville has more behind Kirk than Indianapolis does. So I think they have the best quarterback and the best weapons of anyone in that division. So, yeah, and, I, and, I think they win in the division. And that's, I don't want to like bash these guys. That's a little sad because it like is. we don't think Kirk's a real number one. No. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. is okay. He's okay. Mm-hmm. And Zay Jones is okay. Mm-hmm. Like, but at the same, but it's, hey, maybe they just Doug Peterson's got these guys all clicking together. It's working. Mm-hmm. So, so I did want to apologize to him, but I just think, I still think he's kind of a mm. hack a little bit. Brian, you got some <laughs> thoughts on this? Jesse's spot on. Mm-hmm. I mean, thanks. I I should apologize to Doug Peterson too. I'm sorry, Doug. Yeah, I went on vacation with a Jaguars fan this weekend. So. You're not. <laughs> you're not as big. A boob as I once thought you were, <laughs> but you're still far from a great coach. Um, if anything, that game Sunday definitely reinforced mm-hmm. Jacksonville's going to win this division. Okay, so even though the Colts have beat the Chiefs, you guys aren't on the on the train that Indianapolis is going to be just fine. No, no, I mean, okay, thank you. Matt I'm Ryan, not either. Matt Ryan at times looked horrible. Mm-hmm. Like I, he's, he's his age is really show, kind of he's, starting to show now. He's, and like. An old man like that can't do it with just Pittman. No, no, no. The cliff, the cliff comes fast in the NFL, and it looks like Matt Ryan it came jumped off it yeah. <laughs> at the end of last season. And I do feel bad. I love Matt Ryan. And by the way, Atlanta looks better with Marcus Mariota behind center than they did with Matt Ryan last year. Younger man. Yeah. I'm just saying, Matt Younger Ryan man. might have been over the hill last year. We just blamed it because it was Atlanta. Yeah. Not that Atlanta's good I mean, now, but... You know, Matt Ryan, I think still think Matt Ryan was clearly better last year. Oh, probably. Probably. I think largely. He might have been been dangling off the cliff about halfway through last year. But, like, now in the offseason is when he fell off the cliff. No, like, there's clearly, like, he's not, there's no, we talk about Mac Jones, there's, like, no zip on that ball anymore. Not that he was the most zippity quarterback. He wasn't, he never had the strongest arm. But, like, Mm -hmm. now it's just like, oh, boy. Yeah. Like you, you used to look. You made your younger self look like you had a strong arm. No, I get you. All right, next thing. You guys called me a hater. You said I was crazy town on this one. All right, well, you can call me a hater all you want, but Buffalo loses to Miami. They're zero and seven now. Zero and seven in one score games. They continue to not be able to run the ball, and I think that'll be a problem in the playoffs when you need to ice the game away. They're incredibly reliant on Josh Allen. He had sixty-three pass attempts and eight other carries. And as I said again, they once again lose a one-score game. Now, I think maybe they're still the best team in the AFC. Uh, Chiefs are right there with them. 
But they remind, they're starting to remind me a little bit of those Pittsburgh Steelers teams uh, in the mid 2000s. I mean, I mean, late 2010s or mid 2010s. They can go out, they can stop out just about anybody. But sometimes in situational football and the nitty gritty stuff, when they're just not knocking teams out, they have a problem. Now, the difference is, is those Steeler teams had at least Big Ben, who is a comeback artist. He was really good at it. Josh Allen isn't quite that I've seen yet. But this team, I think, has a problem in one-score situational football games. And they lose again to Miami here. I know that they had injuries in the secondary, Micah Hyde, all that kind of stuff. But 0-7, that's a trend. And it's a worrying trend to me. Are you guys still going to call me a hater right now? No. Jesse bit. is. Jesse's oh, still calling me. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, Jesse, go. Okay. Here's why. Because, yeah, that was that was their first game this season without Hyde, and they're, eventually they're going to correct that and what's not. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I don't see this as Josh Allen being not able to overcome these drives, deficits. Well, so, it's usually the defense surrenders well, it. Yeah, but they didn't give up a ton of points to Miami. It wasn't that high scoring. And I'm not saying Allen's even a huge problem. Some of it, too, is Allen is exhausted sometimes about the end of games because they rely way too heavily on him. Yeah, and, you know, having a run game is a, you know, would be a good thing to have in these situations because we have, if we're leading late, because like I said, I feel like they a lot of these are giving it up. Mm -hmm. So if you have the ball late and then you can run down the clock, that's huge. That's massive. Um, especially if you can do it without your quarterback being the runner. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think it's a lot, a lot of it is Sean McDermott in the defense. They kind of just – how lax were they in that Chiefs playoffs game mm-hmm. when you had the chance, like, just stop them mm-hmm. and the game is over. Mm-hmm. And yet they're they're letting Tyreek and Travis Kelsey just have all this space mm-hmm. to catch the catching ball and run. Two play, what did they go? Forty-five yards in two plays to get yeah. in field goal range. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I yeah. think that's a unique scenario with talents like that, though. Sure, it's like you're almost, like it's 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 a but catch it's twenty-two, a- right? Like if you try to man up and play zone and or yeah, man up and play zone, man up and play like press coverage. Mm-hmm. If you give up a half a step, forget it. That's it. No, you're yeah, go and, for twenty or twenty-five. But, but if, then if you play zone and you try to play soft coverage. And give every individual, you know, defender some sort of cushion. Mm. It's not like they can't still find those soft spots. No, I think I think Tyreek is too fast and Kelsey is too a- athletic to play press coverage. But that, doesn't but that mean zone you, was too soft. Yeah, that doesn't mean you need to give them ten yards just free to to get into yeah. the route. Yeah, like run. they were playing the hail mary, like from the first play. It seemed. Yeah. Like. They, like, they were so quickly just off the line and just playing way back looking for the deep pass. And then it went to just Kelsey just – Kelsey even called an audible mid play. It's just, all right, I'm, they're all over there. I'm just going to stop here and catch the ball. Yeah. So, like, I think that that's just – they're you're right. They're not good at the situational end-of-game football, but it seems it's Sean McDermott in the defense. I think it's part of it. I think that's definitely part of it, but I think a large part of it is also, like – they're just so reliant on Allen that when he's off... No, that is a consistent problem that we... That they don't really have another way to move the ball or win. And they didn't correct the running game. Like, I mean, They I, still have not corrected the running game at all. Like, I don't... 
I don't know what the plan was that offseason with that. I don't know. Did what they? It was. Dra- I'm pretty sure they drafted a guy like, but <clears throat> he hasn't played. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know why they love Singletary but so I think much. There's, there's a there's a big problem in Buffalo right now still that makes me go. I don't know if they're going to beat Kansas City or not. Still, mm, I I still think this team is talented enough that like if Sean McDermott can get on like this, learn the situations, bro. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine. Okay. But, like, you know, obviously the running game was, like, you know, that's not going to get fixed. It's just, that's going to be a problem this year. Mm-hmm. But I think, they'll be, I think they'll be fine. Okay. I think they'll be fine in the sense that they'll be in the AFC Championship game. No, I still think. But I, I kind of still think Kansas City is going to beat them again. Right yeah. I, mm-hmm. I feel like Buffalo is almost sort of, like, got a bully complex to them, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you were, like, if. When you were little, right? If you're like, if you're scared at all, or if you're not prepared, or you have an average quarterback, they will roll you, like roll you, just downhill, flatten. But the minute it turns into a fight, back. Yeah, exactly. Like they're think not about, well equipped to finish that off. As soon as someone smacks the big kid on the schoolyard back mm-hmm. for taking their lunch money, he's like, all right, yeah, that's enough. Well, I said at the beginning of the year, like, I, well, I, I guess I asked the question, like, are the are, this is the same team, but are these the same men? And they got this is their first smack back. Mm-hmm. Let's let's see if they're men. Let's see if let's they're see men. Let's see if they now. can answer now. I just right now I'm back on the Kansas City is the best team in the AFC train. But like they do have to, like, you know. It's you, funny you say that after they lose to Indianapolis, but like I don't care about one loss to a team that was desperate. Sure, sure, sure. No, I still think Kansas City is that fine. Muffed, muffed things on special teams, by the way, a lot. That's why they lost. Mm. Well, I, yeah, no, I think Kansas City will be fine. I'm not that worried about that one loss. Okay. Um, but like, you know, that was their first game without Hyde. I think you know that's one of the the better safeties in football. Oh, it is. So. It is. I think they'll you know, they'll adapt. It's not going to be as good, but mm-hmm. next man up mentality. Like they'll they'll patch it up and it'll be okay because I think their defense is good enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, now that let's see if these are real men. Yeah. Stefan Diggs was a little banged up at the end of that game too. So yeah, to your point, real quick, Dom, about how like oh you know no one would expect to hear someone say this is the best team in the league after just losing to Indy. Like, mm-hmm. and we talked about this uh, week one. Mm-hmm. Like every team has a game they should win that they lose mm-hmm. and that they should lose, but they win. Mm-hmm. Like, had I known going into the season that Indy was going to look this bad <laughs> and Matt Ryan was going to look this much like a extra out of The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have dared say that this would be a trap game for KC, but that's one on the schedule yeah. that I would have said... Yeah. That could be a loss. It turned into a trap because the rest of the AFC West is scuffling bad. Kansas City looks around and doesn't really think they have the competition. They've won back-to-back games, including a big win over a division opponent. And they just come in a little lackadaisical. And Indianapolis, in week three, has a game that almost is their season. Because if Jacksonville wins again, they go 0-2-1. I mean, they're in deep, deep trouble. So desperation's a real thing in the NFL, and that's why that happened on Sunday. That's all it really was. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so last thing before we go to our next break. We haven't done this in a while. It's been it's been some time, but you know, you just hear things sometimes <laughs> that are just so stupid. You have to bring them up that the media says. And so for dumbest thing I heard this week, Nick Wright <clears throat> went on this analogy. This is a very interesting analogy. <laughs> On why the Niners, though maybe today, are better with Jimmy G 
at the end of the day, they lost out when Trey got hurt. Not for the future, but even for this season. As Nick Wright said, he was comparing Garoppolo and Trey Lance to if you had a car and you were driving a race across the United States. And Jimmy G was the car that always had petered out near the end and you could never reach the finish line. But Trey Lance was the new car. You didn't know if it was good yet. You didn't know if it would make it, but you knew the other one wouldn't make it, so you might as well try the new one. Okay, Nick, here's my problem with that. What happens if he shows you the new car, and yes, you have never driven it, so you don't know for certain if it won't make it, but you look at it, and it looks like a piece of garbage, (laughs) and it makes horrendous sounds. That's Trey Lance, who couldn't complete 50% of his throws in practice. I'm not saying that I know for certain that Trey is not going to be a good quarterback. What I do know is if you can't complete 50% of your throws in practice, that is a major issue. And no quarterback goes from being barely even a competent or maybe not a competent NFL starter to then good enough to get you to a Super Bowl in one season. That's not how it works. It took Josh Allen about three So your analogy is stupid. Nobody goes from incompetent to Super Bowl potential in one season. So your analogy is dumb. Second off, maybe the car always petered out at the end. But if we want to compare this to quarterbacks, I've seen Jimmy G make a Super Bowl. I've seen Case Keenum make an NFC championship game. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, and he can't keep a starting job the minute he gets one in the the NFL. So... (laughs) You have to at least get there and just hope that you get the bounces to fall in your lap because they happen. Cincinnati, now Burrow is great, but I don't think anyone thought Cincinnati should make a Super Bowl. Things go their way, they make a Super Bowl. So you have to at least get to the point and then maybe things can go right. Mm. Get there. They weren't going to get there with Trey Lance. So I'm sorry. I thought this was one of the dumbest things I've heard in a while and the dumbest thing I heard this week. Nick Wright, your analogy is stupid. I hope that in a parallel universe, he hears this He'll never show it, today. Fine. You know like, what? I dude, wish I got it on video. Then I would have tagged him in. Dude, Damn it. you need to watch more football. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying he's always an idiot. People I, have dumb takes, I'll but say like, that was dumb. I kind of think he's always an idiot. Yeah, I do think that Nick Wright usually, his Nick, football stuff, I'm, yeah. not, he, I'm not right. He's, a, he's also like, he, he strikes me as that guy that just, oh, no one has said this take. I'm gonna so I'm gonna say it mm. just because no one else said that. And it's like, bro, maybe no one said it because no one thought it was gonna happen. Yeah, he seems to be that. He he strikes me as that guy. But can I can I hit with you with a slightly different analogy? Go for it. Because like with this whole the whole car thing, because like you know, Trey, Trey Lance is a a brand new car mm-hmm. right out of college. But I mean, but like it just needs an engine. Mm-hmm. You the owner needs to just put in a new engine. They just. No engine seems to fit with this guy. Mm. And part of that seems to be the car doesn't want an engine. Mm. He'd rather just sit in the strip club parking lot mm-hmm. uh, because car. Um, <laughs> but also, is it... And I don't think Jimmy G is the best car. No. He's he's not a, he's not a Corvette. He's no. not, not like that. But he kind of strikes me as more of a Honda. Mm. Honda Civic. Like, it should get you coast to coast. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got to ask, why is the driver... Keep taking wrong turns at the end. Mm. Kind of thing I you like should that. ask that question. I like that question. 
Because I love Kyle Shanahan, but I do have to say that he does have a problem situationally, by the way. Yeah. Again. See, it seems every time that the this finish line is in sight, or at least coming over the horizon, he always thinks that's a great time to take a left or a right. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Or just slowly start stepping on that brake. Yeah. We're getting close. Don't wanna go don't wanna go too fast over that finish line. <laughs> yeah. I don't so, think it's past. Yeah. I like that analogy. That's mm. a good one. That is good. Thanks. That's a lot better Thanks. than Nick's right analogy. Yeah. But yeah, that was the dumbest thing I heard this week. Nick Wright, that was dumb. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to take our last break before we get into a couple of last segments before our Tommy and Darwin, as always, stick with us, guys. Back here at Slow Your Roll. Guys, I forgot about the other audible we were going to do. We're going to go over it real quick right now. Dem boys. Controversy in Dallas with We Dem Boys. Jerry started it. I'm starting to hear some other individuals who are talking about this a little bit more. You know, people who are who are scouts who have followed the league a long time saying, you know, maybe there's not a huge difference between Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush and all that kind of stuff. And here's what I want to say about that. I think Dak Prescott is one of the most egregiously overpaid quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he is a lot closer to Kirk Cousins than he is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I would take Derek Carr over. I know you wouldn't. I would take Derek Carr over Dak Prescott. The only the only defense I can give Dak for why he hasn't had as much success as he should be getting paid what he is is because he's probably never see received anything better than at best average coaching in the NFL between Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy. But his numbers his numbers are bad the minute Tyrone Smith is out. His numbers against playoff teams are not very good. So I think he's wildly overpaid. Having said that, we all need to slow our roll here a little bit on this. Cooper Rush beat a Cincinnati team that Joe Burrow barely had any snaps, and they scored like 20 points. Let's, let's calm down. They won like 20 to 17 over Cincinnati, and then they beat the New York Giants 23 to 16. So can we calm down on Cooper Rush? They're scoring about 20 points a game. They faced a banged up, uh, not even a banged up, but a clearly out of sync Cincinnati team and the New York Giants, who like, I know the Giants are 2-0, and but like they are still the New York Giants. Did you see how awful Daniel Jones looked? Like, it was an ugly game of football. So let's calm down on the Cooper Rush stuff. They're going to have a couple of tougher games. They got Washington. Then they have Philly. Let's calm down. It's It's been two not great opponents. I think Dak is overpaid. Maybe in that 
front office, you think that Cooper Rush can be a starter and be significantly better just because you're not paying him as much. There is a way to handle this. Maybe you go another game or two with Cooper Rush and you probably lose the game to uh I think I think they play another tough team before Philly. Oh, they play at uh the Rams. Maybe you lose that game against the Rams. Probably kind of ugly. You can turn it back over to Dak. But maybe in the back of your mind you're thinking, okay, let's give Dak the rest of the year and maybe we can trade Dak in the offseason and give it over to Rush. But let's let's not with the Cooper Rush mm. is better than Dak. Calm down. Two games, one against the Giants. Relax. Mm. Hmm. Can I can I actually just quickly say? Yeah. Was this the worst week of primetime football ever? Oh, it was pretty awful. Thursday night sucked. Sunday night sucked. Oh, it was Monday bad. night sucked. It was bad. But one of the primetime, even four twenty-five games, was pretty awful too. Green Bay and Tampa was was, was rough to watch. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Actually, I didn't. I didn't get to see that one. But I I'm on your side. Like, okay. <laughs> like, come on. We're really we're gonna pick Cooper Rush in over Dak Prescott. And yes, I agree. He is overpaid. But, like, he still can be dynamic. He still can win games. Uh, the offense, like, C.D. Lamb seems to be stepping up as a number one. So, I don't, I'm not too worried about that. Well, you're a little worried about Dalton Schultz and that run game and stuff like that. Uh, the offensive line. Pollard had a nice day, though. Sure. But the, the, that's the thing about them. Uh, them. They just love to give it to Zeke, even though Pollard is better. Yeah. Um, but, like, Mike McCarthy came on and says, like, no, no. Dak Prescott will be our quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the best coaching things I've ever seen him do. Mm. So just come on and be like, no, there's no controversy here. Now, this is still good for Dak Prescott mm-hmm. because, one, he'll come back to a team that's won some games and they'll have stuff to play for. And, two, yeah. well, you know someone might take your job if you come back and suck ass. Mm. So at least that have that in the back of his head. Like, you know, if he's half the man he thinks he is, oh, he'll step up. Yeah. No, I get you. So... This this is this is only good for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and when Dak Prescott comes back, he'll come back to a team that is better than he left. Mm. So this, right. unrelated to football, we talked about this earlier. <laughs> this year, the Red Sox are twenty and forty-seven against their division. <laughs> that, that's awful. <laughs> I didn't even know they had twenty wins. I know. I, was <laughs> I kind of thought it would be worse, though. Uh, yeah, now I'm like, oh, maybe it's maybe they're not record holders. <laughs> that's as pretty, bad as that is. That's still pretty awful, dude. That's terrible. <laughs> but anyway, do you have any thoughts on the Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott stuff, or do we kind of hit where we needed to on this? I think we're all in agreement. Yeah, like, let's all calm down. Let's let's chill for a second here. Yeah, and like Jerry I said, if they win against Washington, then now they're three and zero. Even if Dak's ready, I might be tempted to throw Cooper Rush out there to the Rams. Just make sure Dak gets another week of being healthy. I think they're losing to the Rams no matter the quarterback. Yeah. And like <laughs> now everyone can shut up and we'll go back to Dak and he'll be the hero and there'll be no more pressure because we all saw that we're not that good. How Cooper much worse Rush. does it get? What do you mean? When Dak comes back. I don't I mean, I don't know. They've played bad teams, and they're playing Washington now this week, so they could win with Cooper Rush again against Washington. So, But if they lose to Washington with Cooper Rush, that ends this conversation. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that all depends on what Wentz, Carson Wentz shows up. Oh, I mean, I told you this last week. I was like, yo, Carson just like roller coaster, man. Just just awful sometimes, amazing sometimes. Yeah. Ridiculous. And oh, to be honest, like last week wasn't even totally his fault. No, it wasn't. He was running for his life. No, it was It wasn't. But anyway, all right, let's move on. Let's rank now our top five teams in the NFL today, right now. 
Brian, I'm going to let you start on this one. Who do you have? Go five, four, three, two, one. Hmm. Do you need a list? Do you want a list? Give me two minutes, Jesse. Right, okay. Well, my fifth. <laughs> we already talked about them. Mm-hmm. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. Now, do I think they'll be in that position come week 17? No. You're ballsy. I thought about putting them there, but I just couldn't. No, well, so if this I. was a top well, 10 list, they'd be in. But when I went through, I, I just kept looking at the teams. I was just like, all right, you're probably on the list. I just I, Before I ranked any of them, I was like, you're probably on the list. You're probably on the list. And oh, I was like, oh, you're fringe. And there was really only like six teams where I was like, you really should be on the list. And they were one of them. And I kind of thought they were better than mm. uh, the Rams right now. Okay. So I, I left... Spoilers, I left the Rams off the list. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the Jaguars are just playing that well. They're just that in sync right now. Like I said, I don't think it'll be that way week 17. I think other teams that are supposed to be better right now will step up. They'll learn mm-hmm. to play offense together. Uh, maybe the Broncos. Um, but right now, the Jaguars are playing like a top-five team in the NFL. Mm. Like, it's working on offense. The defense is doing actually very well. Mm-hmm. So, top-five team in the NFL right now. Right. Number four. Dolphins. I made okay. a quick. I made a quick switch. I had oh, a different wow. team here, but I have the Dolphins. My f- first three and O team, and they're only number four. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason I think is like, yeah, they're three and O. You played the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You played a Bills team that took their first smack in the mouth, mm-hmm. and like I do think the Dolphins are actually pretty good. Yeah, but do I think Tua is a six touchdown a game quarterback? No, I don't think he'll really ever do that again. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I think teams need to quickly, they will learn how to play mm-hmm. this Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, quick offense. Mm-hmm. You know, I still think they'll be good. Like, I actually think this is probably a very good team even. Yeah, they might be a playoff team. Uh, yeah, I think they're definitely a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But again, this is a, we're week three. Mm-hmm. So that's why Miami is a top four team. Very good right now. But mm-hmm. teams will learn to play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is a, this is a hot coach that they're all pumped to play for. Mm-hmm. Um, and teams will learn how to play mm-hmm. against Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Okay. Number three. Chiefs. Chiefs. I have the Chiefs only at three. Really? Yes. Okay. Because, I mean, I did take, you know, we're talking about, like, Chiefs don't need to panic after that loss, but I did take a little bit of a step back. Mm-hmm. I'm a little less hype about the offense. I still think it would be good. I still like it for what it is. The more chip-away offense rather than big play after big play. Boom, we're in the end zone. Mm-hmm. But, like, the defense is well put together. The offense is still well put together. It just needs maybe a little more time to totally click before they're truly the Chiefs that we all know and mm-hmm. hate around here. Um, but they're still one of the best teams in the NFL. Okay. But you did lose to a bad team in Indy, so. All right, number two. The other 3-0 and team. The Eagles. Okay. I was very hesitant to call them a good team after even week two. Mm-hmm. This is a good team. Okay. This is a real good team. Uh, and I actually think Jalen Hurts might be finding himself to be a very comparable NFL quarterback. Mm. His arm looks better this year. Still not one of the better arms in the NFL. Mm. But having a guy like A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, took a very big step seemingly in the offseason. Mm. The run game is working. And Jalen, Jalen Hurts is just dynamic out there. He's so fun to watch. Mm. And the defense is good. Now, maybe I'm hyping them up a little too much. Because the conference is bad, their division is bad, but the Eagles, what I'm seeing is nothing but positives. Mm. So I have to put them here. Okay. But they're not number one. No. Because the Bills are still number one. All they're right. still the best team in football. 
All right. Because, sure, situational football is still eh. Their run game sucks. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can't pick a more explosive team in the NFL right now. A more just dynamic offense. And, yes, Hyde being a, a losing Hyde for the season is a big blow. Mm. But the defense, I still think, is good enough that they'll be one of the better teams in the, in the NFL for the whole season. Like, this is just... Josh Allen is, I think, the best quarterback in football right now. Stephon Diggs might be the best wide receiver in the NFL at this point in the season. Mm. Uh, and they have good backups with Gabe Davis. I know he's had injury problems and Isaiah McKenzie. But losing Gabe Davis didn't mean anything that one game he was out. No. So, best team in football. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. So, number five, I have the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. I know they had an awful game on the Monday night against the Eagles. However, I thought that was explainable. I mean, you just had a big, huge game against your division opponent in Green Bay. Now you have to go to Philly on prime time, go face the Eagles, who are out with something to prove. They've been, they're finally relevant again for the first time again in like two years. I thought it was a tough spot. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't always great in prime time. <laughs> and I think, honestly, if they had just made a catch or two in the first half, it's actually a very different game. And they came out against Detroit. Now, Detroit is putting up points on everybody. And they came out, and they had some miscues, and they fell behind. But the fact that they fell behind, the significant amount they did, and they were able to come back and still win that game, tells me that this is a team now that can win games in multiple different ways. They don't have to just play on script and get a lead and hold on. They, don't, they, they can win multiple ways. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that need the game to go a certain way for them to win. It tells me the Vikings can win multiple ways. Um, I think the Rams have problems. I think a lot of other teams have problems in the NFL right now. So that's why I put Minnesota right now as the fifth best team um, in the NFL. They they beat up Green Bay when they played them. Can I ask you something about that, though? Go. Did Minnesota come back in that game against Detroit? Or does that seem to be Detroit's MO to get a quick lead and then blow it? I mean... Because they've done that three straight weeks now. They have done that three straight weeks. No, no, no. No, they didn't get a lead against the Eagles. Uh, I thought they did. Maybe, maybe, thought, no, I, maybe with one score right away. But no, they didn't have a double-digit lead or anything. Okay, like that. and I know they didn't totally blow the lead against the Commanders, but still, like they've, mm. they can't, they can't end the game. No, Detroit can't play the third and fourth quarter. No, and like obviously, I know how Minnesota true. in the locker room will look at that. We just came back against a team that has a good offense. Mm-hmm. So, and like that's good for this, uh, the mental, uh, whatever of the team. But do you think? What was it more? Was it more the Vikings having balls and stepping up, or is this? No, I think the Vikings having balls and stepping up. I really okay. think it was. Okay. So, Minnesota number five, number four. I will put the Philadelphia Eagles because they've played so well. Their defense looks legit, and Hertz has gotten better. My only reservation here with the Eagles is they've been really good in the first half, and they've been really good on script. But a lot of the time, once the game script is over and everything's not scripted out. In the second half, they haven't been that great, especially mm. offensively. I mean, they didn't score anything against Minnesota in the second half of that game on offense. Do you think they're too conservative once they have a lead? No, I think that Jalen is still a limited thrower of the football, and therefore Nick Sirianni and them are great drawing up plays and drawing up a script. But as soon as the game is off script, I think they are once again still kind of limited on offense. But they are they are a matchup nightmare. They run the ball better than anybody in the league, and their defense is legit. So I will put them at number four. Number three, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have just okay. 
They've only they've it's just because they have fallen apart on the perimeter physically. It'll get significantly better as soon as next week, in my opinion. Somebody's going to be back at least by then. This defense, yeah, Mike Evans. This def- this defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL. They continue to just not allow almost anyone to run on them. Green Bay scored and had two good drives again, completely on script. And then the second it was off script. Green Bay could not move the football at all. And general teams have not moved the football in Tampa Bay at all. They just need to get at least one piece back on the offense, particularly on the perimeter, and they will be just fine. Evans will be back next week. I have them as the third best team in the NFL right now. Okay. Number two, I have the Buffalo Bills. Rolling downhill. They can blow anybody out. They are great. They're struggling in the one-score games again. I think the Chiefs are a bit more buttoned up. I think the Chiefs have been there and done that in the situational stuff. Until Buffalo shows me they can, I can't put them ahead of my number one team, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. They are a different offense without Tyreek Hill, but they are just as productive. They are the best coach team in that division, one of the best coach teams in all of football, and especially the AFC. And like I said, been there and done that. Buffalo will not be able to knock this team out. I think right now Kansas City is the best team in football. Five to one. Yeah. Tampa. At five? Yeah. Okay. Tampa at five. They look bad right now, but uh to your point, Dom, you're getting you're gonna be getting guys back. I mean they, um, I mean it's gotten so bad. They're they're just pulling guys off the street to play right. wide receiver. I mean right. Russell Gage had a good game. He, he's the only person there who was on the team to start the year, really. So you know, you're gonna be getting a slew of guys back as the season goes on. Brady's still there. Um, just let Todd Bowles worry about the defense and be a figurehead of a head coach. Brady will figure it out. Mm. Uh, at four, I have Green Bay. Because it looks weird. The offense looks weird. I don't think Rodgers has a choice but to figure it out. And their defense is good. Oh, man, Brian, they look so limited on offense. They'll figure it out. Especially okay. now that they lost Watkins and um Oh man. Who's the other one that got hurt? Wow. Okay. Hot takes, baby. I, yeah, it is hot. That is a hot take. Three right I got here. Yeah. <laughs> Miami at three. Okay. Um the the roster moves they've been making the last couple of years are finally paying off. Mm-hmm. Um so far, I sort of like the swagger that Mike McDaniel's brought to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that you got some real legit weapons around Tua, mm-hmm. like tanking for that guy actually seems valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, at two, I got Philly. I mean, it's valid until you have to pay him and you can't surround him with elite talent. Fair enough. <laughs> um, Philly at two for okay. a lot of the same reasons I like Miami I like the way they've built that team the last couple of years I think a lot of things are coming together the defense mm-hmm. looks like it could really do a lot of great things this year mm-hmm. um, to your point Jesse about Jalen Hurts it's like he's sort of having his coming out party this year coming into his own Philly at two mm. I'm torn at one so I put them both there you just have to tie them okay Casey and Buffalo <laughs> All right. To your point, Casey is so buttoned up, mm-hmm. and Buffalo still has their deficiencies as far as situational football goes. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, having said that, 
Buffalo is just so damn good. Mm, okay. Top to bottom. I got you. All right. That's the AFC Championship game we deserve. Oh, 100%. Jesse, do you have anything to push back here real quick on his? I, I'm, I'm surprised. Green you, Bay. I'm surprised you put Green Bay in there. I, I had them, like, when I made my list, I thought, like, you know, they were one of the teams that I may be on the fringe when I look at all these teams. But, well, the, but like, especially after the loss of Watkins, uh, Watson didn't play last week. Like, oh. Like, like it's oh, for the, oh, I don't see it getting much better on okay. offense. Thank you. Soon. Okay, wait. So let me justify that take there a little bit. Like, we've talked pretty much since the offseason about how much worse the NFC got, right? Part yeah. of the reason I throw them in there is, like, you've got to believe there's still a fairly decent chance they're going to be one of the teams in the NFC that's right there. Oh, I mean, with that win this week, I thought like, oh, they're definitely going to be a playoff team this year still. Okay. But like, like that was a ballsy win on Sunday. I don't care. I think they can be better than Minnesota. But why do you think they can be better than Minnesota? I think here's the thing. I don't think they're better than Minnesota right now because mm. Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback. Right. Okay. I I think the problem now I have with Green Bay is they're not explosive on offense. They're so limited offensively, and. They always have this problem that super physical teams can run the ball on them and do well. Now I see multiple bad matchups for them in the NFC. The Rams are still a bad matchup. The Bucks are obviously a bad matchup. And now Philadelphia looks like they could be a nightmare matchup for the Packers because they just run the ball on everybody. I mean, they're the best, most physical run team in the league. I mean, Rodgers is just not going to see the field much. And to me, Minnesota already does well against them, and I think they've gotten better. So I, I just think there's a lot of bad matchups out there for Green Bay um, within the NFC. And I just think that they have some of the worst perimeter weapons in the league right now. They're incredibly limited. They largely can only do things offensively on script. I mean, other than beating up a what we still think is a terrible Bears team, they've scored 14 points against Tampa and seven against Minnesota. Like, that's kind of anemic on offense. It is, but we've seen bad stats from the Packers before. Okay. I No, I know. Even when but, they had good weapons. Now I get you. And the last one I'll push back on, I have Philly in there. I just don't have him quite as high as you did. Does the second half stuff worry you? Because they just, they, offensively, they're, they're lovely in the first. It does for now, but those are wrinkles I think that can get ironed okay. out. Okay. All right. I got you. All right. So that has been it. That is who we think are the five best teams in the NFL today. Before we get to our last two things we always do, we're going we're gonna to throw in a little baseball. We're getting near the end here. A lot of the division races have been wrapped up. I'm probably not going to get to pop a bottle of champagne for Toronto. Probably not going to happen. Unless they sweep New York this week, in which case they'd still have to make up, I think, like four games still. But, hey, who knows? But the one that's still going on is the NL East. The Braves and the Mets. I believe right now the Braves are one game or one and a half games back. They will play each other this weekend. I want to preview this series. How big is this series? Well, I mean, it's the biggest thing in baseball right now. Yeah. I mean, other than, I guess, Aaron Judge chasing that 61st home run. But, like, in, in terms of teams, storylines, mm-hmm. divisions, this is this is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess the AL East is a, still kind of up for grabs. But, like, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be the Yankees. Mm-hmm. AL Central's done. AL West is done. Dodgers, we... Dodgers won the AL, uh, AL, the NL West in uh, April. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, it's all uh, St. Louis's. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is the story in baseball right now. Yeah, this is these. I mean, and these are also like 
the two most exciting teams maybe to watch right now. Because oh, I, I agree. The Dodgers just run away with everything. It's not really that well, fun. Well, the Dodgers have mailed it in at this point. Yeah. They mailed it in three weeks ago. Like, we don't really have to care about St. Louis anymore, especially since Albert Pujols hit that 700 home run. But, like, this this is the race. And this this is a big, not, big inclination about, like, what will happen in the but playoffs. also, here's the other reason why it's the race. These are the two teams that you think can actually challenge the Dodgers. Unfortunately, yes. one of them is going to have to get the short end of the stick and play in the wild card. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because they're two of some of the best teams in baseball, and especially in the National League. They just happen to be in the same division. But both of these teams are the two teams that you could actually see being able to beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. So that's why this is so fascinating to me, this matchup, too. Because somebody is going to have to go through the wild card. And once you have to go through the wild card, I mean, you know, your chances of being able to get there are, are sure. so much lower. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's what this 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 can just almost decide the fate in some ways of those teams. The, well, then, yeah, almost the entire NL playoff race. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... I like Atlanta versus the Dodgers more than I like New York versus the Dodgers. I do too. And but at the same time, New York seems to have a kind of it's changed. Atlanta's more caught up, but like New York's had Atlanta's number mm-hmm. for the year, it seems. So uh, if the if the Mets win, Dodgers might feel pretty good about themselves. Yeah. So yeah, this 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 is implications here. Oh, huge implications! Unfortunately, Atlanta got some bad news too. Spencer Strider. Um, hitting the 15-day DL a couple of days ago, one of their ace pitchers. They still have Max Fried, though, Kyle Wright, and Charlie Morton. I think they'll be okay. They'll probably shuffle the rotation around a little bit for this series. But, man, this is going to be a playoff series here late in September between these two teams this weekend. It's going to be great. It's going to be great to watch. How many games do we have left this year? Uh, Um, I think we got about two weeks left, basically. Yeah. So... I mean, you really could make an argument. It comes down to the series that they're already playing right now. Oh, no, I, I think it 100% does. Especially if somebody somehow comes out here and sweeps somebody. So, then, what, yeah, so, definitely. so what matchup do you think favors I mean, the I, other I, team more? I've, I mean, I've it's gone, hard not to like I mean, Atlanta. It's hard, it's hard to see. Um, you got you to see Mets. who the actual pitching matchups are going to be. But, yes, at the end of the day, I, I've always thought Atlanta top to bottom was the better team. DeGrom is actually having some struggles here uh, lately, by the way, in his last couple outings, too. He hasn't been as shut down as we're used to with Jacob. And I think their offense is just better. I think the Mets' offense has come back down to earth quite a bit here in the second half, especially the last month of the season. Now I have to deal with the kids and Michael Harris and Grisha and Grissom. You got Acuna still. got Matt Olson. You got Austin Riley, who was an MVP even candidate. I think the Braves' offense is significantly better, and they can match up with the pitching of the Mets. So I like Atlanta in this series over the weekend, but man, it can go either way, either way. There's only nine days left. Yeah, so it's less than two weeks. So this is it. You have to think, like, this this is it. Because right now, it's a game and a half. So whoever goes two of three in the series is in first place. It's one game right now. Oh, it is one game. Yeah, one so game. So one, yeah. one game. So yeah, so, whoever so, goes two or three in the series is in first place. So what matchup do you like for the time being right now? Do you like the Mets over the Marlins more, or do you like the Braves over the Nationals more? Braves over the Nationals. Well, the Mets are home. I, yeah, but the Marlins can pitch. I guess. Uh, yeah. But so can, so can the Mets. True, but I don't think and the Nationals I, can I do like, anything. All right, sure. The national. Well, that's the thing. It's like, what if? But what if? What if? What if? Uh, what if? I mean, Cabrera, Garrett, and Sandy. Al- Sandy Alcantara is the best pitcher in baseball. So, what if? What if the Mets get Sandy in the series and Sandy just shuts them down? Um, 
Hold on. I think I, I'm checking. I do think that they're, they're getting no, no, not getting him. I was just about to say, I do think though that he pitched not long ago, so I think the Mets fortunately are missing Sandy Alcantara. What's the thing? It's uh, New York has Miami at home for two games right now, yeah. while Atlanta has on the road with two games left in Washington, mm-hmm. but then they switch. Mm. Uh, Atlanta has to then go to Florida, and then New York is home against Washington for those last three games. Okay, that's, so, that's huge. That Yeah. That so, is huge. You might Atlanta might need to really like two might not be enough. You might need to sweep. Maybe. Because although yes, you play Miami and you should beat Miami, like Mets could kick Washington's ass. No, they could. They could. Um you wonder though, Sandy's pitched so many innings. I wonder if he's not gonna make another start. If it's just mm-hmm. the last three games of the series anyway. Maybe like the last three games Actually, of the year anyway. So that would be interesting to see what happens there. It could be that Sandy doesn't even make a start. Um, who are the Mets facing for the Marlins today? Oh, hold on. Let me go back. Uh, I think it was... Uh, it is Lopez. Okay. Pablo Lopez is pretty good, too. So. And then tomorrow it is Lazardo. Lazardo is good, too. So, I mean... It's not easy in those two games, by the way, for the Mets. Pablo Lopez, he's been not as great in the second half, but he's very good, consistent career, mid threes, low threes ERA usually. Lazardo has been fantastic when he's been healthy this year. So for a Mets offense that clearly has not been as nearly as good in the second half as it was in the first half, not not the easiest draw of the cards there for them to get Lazardo mm-hmm. and uh and Pablo Lopez. The other thing, too, is Lazardo, given the injury history, too, they might not have him pitch in that last series against Atlanta, too, if Atlanta was going to draw Lazardo. So I could see two guys at the last series of the year that Miami might not even throw against Atlanta. So, Well, here's the thing. Uh, if Alcantara makes a scheduled start, mm-hmm. it'll be against Milwaukee on Thursday. Okay, so it won't even be against Atlanta. Uh, but then... If he makes one more scheduled start, he'll okay. play Atlanta one time. It'll be like the last game of the year? Yes. I don't think they'll have him make that start. I just don't see it. I don't think they'll do it. So it, Last game of the year, 220 innings under his belt already for a team that's not going anywhere. I don't think they'll have Sandy make that start. All right. But if it, it is, if it, it will happen, and assuming he stays on schedule, mm-hmm. it'll be the last game of the year. Okay. Cool. But this series over the weekend, two of three. Someone's got to do two of three at least. Who's doing it? I'll ride with Atlanta still. Uh, if since it's in Atlanta, I say probably yes. Okay, cool. But uh, I still like the Mets for the division. Ah, uh, so okay. because they have the one game right now, and they have the easier last three games. Ah, oh, this is such an exciting end. I have money on this too, so it's even more exciting for me. All right, <laughs> with that, that has been it for Slow Your Roll for the most part this week. We're gonna get to our last two segments, as always. Jesse, are you ready to take it away for the Tommy Report, real quick? Yes. Also, I, also, Jesse, I'm going to have you announce the Darwin because my phone died. Oh, okay. Because we got we to gotta get this Darwin on video this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, for the time report, one, I'm going to hit you with a stat, and then I have some, some news about that MFR. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a stat from last week's game, not even this week's game, uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks broke five iPads. Or, excuse me, uh, mm-hmm. tablets. I don't know. Whatever the tablets they use. Yeah. Five. Five. What was that? The Surface. Yeah, the Surface Pro, whatever they, from uh, Microsoft, whatever. Sponsor the show. 
Uh, they broke five <laughs> during the game against the Saints. How do you break five tablets? I don't know. That's wild. I know. And also, Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> he got an interview with Barstool, and he came out and said, I am that MFR. Oh, really? He said, it's me. Or so he thinks. That's what he thinks. Mm-hmm. And now, his evidence was that, like, Tom Brady doesn't like me because, like, he's like, oh, like, he would never, if I ever beat him, he wouldn't shake my hand. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's kind of Tom's MO. Don't take it too personally, Ryan. Mm. Now, Tom came out and said, you're not the MFR. Like, I don't hate you. Sorry. Mm. Um, and I think, I don't think it's, I really don't think, it. I still think it's Derek Carr. I think it's Derek Carr, too. It's got to be Derek Carr. Yeah. Like, come on. But I don't think I don't think Tom would ever admit it, even if the guy guessed right. Sure, I, he just wouldn't say anything. No. You think there's any chance it was Jimmy G? No. I thought about it. That was one of my original like candidates, but like it so. doesn't seem to be. There's nothing. There's no real evidence about it. Like it didn't. Yeah. It didn't seem like even like uh, 49ers were even talking to him. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think it. I just don't think it either. All right. Get the video ready. Let's go. Darwin Award. Uh, that one. That's a great one this week. Yeah. This is this is one of the best. All right. Guys, drum roll, please. Jesse, you are announcing it. Let's go. And then the winner is Ime Udoka, <laughs> coach for the Boston Celtics. Why? He couldn't keep it in his pants. <laughs> no, he couldn't keep it in the garden. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know, he, no, he couldn't keep it. He couldn't take it out of the garden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... I'm sure you've all heard by now. He's suspended for the year mm-hmm. for having relations with female staffers in the building. Now, I've heard it's, like, very bad. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, like, all over the place. Many women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it really makes you wonder. Like, did you look outside? <laughs> Do you know what's right across the street? Heck, you don't even have to cross the street anymore with the Hub on Causeway. Mm-hmm. But you got the hop. Like, oh, that's like that's a nightclub. There's a lot of a lot of girls there. You said Sullivan Tap. Yeah. Or 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 just go to Guy Fieri's uh yeah. Tequila Cucina. Yeah. Oh, please tell hey, me you're still videotaping. There's right? hurricanes. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh great places to meet some uh some uh, trashy Boston girls. I've worked outside the hey. garden. Hey. They're very nice ladies. <laughs> sure. But like I've worked outside the garden. I've worked for Celtics games, Bruins games. No matter how cold it is, there are those scantily clad women walking up and down the street, hopping from bar to bar to bar. It's like, Adoka, like, just look outside, man. At yeah. least. They love that dirty water. Like, at, <laughs> at least just go outside the building. Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not a moralist. I'm not going to, like, even talk to you. Your, your relationship is your relationship, man. Just I'm not going to get on that, but just, like, you're an idiot. You're yeah. an idiot for, like, keeping it in the building. Did you want to get caught? Maybe, maybe he's one of those guys. Like, that's part of the like what the thrill possible thought? Did you okay? But it's still a thrill. You're doing something bad, even if it's a random chick. But at least you might not get caught. What are you doing? Just take it out of the building. It's You're literally an, against the team's code of conduct. I know for but, you to but like, it's, have like, any of involvement. Of course, they're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid. Yeah, you are a NBA coach. You are famous. You make so much money. I'm sure you will do just fine at Sullivan yeah. Tap like, or Hurricanes. Like, like, what the hell, dude? May, maybe the coach of the New Orleans Pelicans could get away with this because no one cares about them. But I don't love the fact that the he's coach g- of the Celtics. Yeah, come on. I know. Yeah. No one. No. No. It doesn't matter what coach you are. You are never going to get away with it. If you're doing it in the building, someone's going to find out eventually. 
Yeah, but I'm just saying the pun the punishment might have been less. Oh, for yeah, team. maybe. I don't know. I know. I, I thought the punishment's a bit much. Like I don't ugh, like your relationship and your marriage is your marriage. It's not. I thought it was a bit much to be suspended a whole season. Yeah. Like I thought it was a bit over the top. Yeah. Like to be honest, like in situations like this, it should be either fired or I don't know, go to a seminar. Well, didn't it come out like That's a about couple it. of days? Well, yeah. Like you should if be you're just not, zero if you're not, if you're not, no, if you're not going to bring the hammer down, yeah, just fine him. And suspend him for like yeah, yeah, a, make, make him a go to couple a, of weeks. Make him go to one of those stupid seminars. You could do that too, but just for like one, yeah, just one day, three hours. Just go yeah. sit and watch this video about sexual harassment in the workplace. But it wasn't. It, no, I know it was. It was cons- all consensual. No, well, I, I know. I'm not even saying it was. They all, like, everyone, all parties well, involved like, wanted but it. But you got to watch the video. You can't do that in the workplace. Yeah. Didn't something though, like a day or two after the announcement came out, or like the news broke? that he was going to get in trouble for this. Didn't some other detail get leaked that like he was making remarks about this woman or the relationship that they had? I don't know. Maybe oh, separate. The problem, the, the big, well, but the, the problem for, for the women in general now for the Celtics is now because it's out there on social media. Now every single female attractive staffer for the Celtics is getting sure hit up on Twitter and people like tagging them and be like, Oh, I think it was this one. Oh, I think it was this one, which does suck for them. Yeah, but, but like, hey, I don't think you should sleep with your boss either. Yeah, you shouldn't. It's impolite to kiss and tell, Ime. <laughs> uh, but also, like, um, so dumb. like it's just no, it is. It's just it's so. But I've heard like I didn't hear exactly that, but I've heard like there's just a lot of details that they're just for the sake of the privacy they're trying to keep hush hush. Mm. Like I've heard his DNA is all over that building. <laughs> Like I, I've heard, I've heard some rumors. Oh, what an idiot! So, Ime Udoka, congratulations for this week's Darwin Award. I heard he painted the ice. Oh <laughs> my gosh! I wish you got that on video. <laughs> yeah, she, congratulations. She, yeah, she went for a ride on Ime Zamboni. <laughs> congratulations, Ime Udoka. You are this week's Darwin Award winner, and one of the best I think we've done. Easily would have been top ten. If we do this again in another year and do another top 10 of Darwin's, he's in there. Hundred percent he's in there. Those were some more great slow your roll out of contact sound bites. Yeah. I know, right? All right. That has been it for slow your roll. It has been a great week. Oh, that, was, <laughs> that was just so funny. This has been it for slow your roll. Email your Doka's episode. <laughs> we didn't talk basketball at all until the end, but this is your episode, Yudoka. <laughs> you got one three-minute segment, but you you made the show. And it's all, it's the 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 the, uh, uh, the sports talk is only going to get better. <laughs> uh, have a great rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen.